What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? Well, I know we haven't talked a whole lot of Raiders over the past couple days, especially with them being on a bye week coming up. But what you guys need to know is that with most teams starting one and four, playoffs are out of the question. But ESPN actually gives the Raiders, who are one and four, a 32% chance to make the playoffs, even with that terrible record. So discuss amongst you, if you may. But, you know, just for all the Raider fans out there, I know we have a lot in the circle of trust. The Raiders uh, still have a chance to make the playoffs, according to ESPN. I, I would not count the Raiders out yet for this reason. So they have a bye week. Okay, Everybody gets rested, gets healthy, get your head together. It's been a really tough start to the season. Then you're playing against Houston. You're on the road at New Orleans, on the road at Jacksonville, home against Indianapolis. You know, you could go on a winning streak. Then you're on the road at Denver, on the road at Seattle. I mean, I know it sounds kind of a little far-fetched based on the way things have started so far this year, but you're looking at six very winnable games before you get to the Chargers and the Rams. So I'm not going to count the Raiders out quite yet. How about you, George? Nah, they're toast, bro. Oh, really? Okay, forget it. Forget <laughs> it. They're done. Forget I, yeah, trying I to mean, be an optimist I here. I proclaimed on uh, overreaction Monday that they were done last week, remember? Right, but I just thought that was an overreaction. I didn't think that was a real reaction. I thought Tuesday you'd kind of come back down to earth. Walk it back Tuesday? Yeah. Walk it back Tuesday is good. Take it back Tuesday? Yes, that's very good. No, no, not taking it back. Not doing it, huh? No. No, but I did just put a little cache on uh, the Washington Commanders today, thanks to Fats Jack, so I'm going to take them and see what happens. Are you going to watch this game tonight? I mean, now that i got a little cache on it, maybe. That's the only way I would watch this game. Yeah, because right now I'm, I'm being a complete football junkie right now. I'm watching the University of Central Florida and play Temple. against Temple. The yeah, and yeah. the reason I'm watching that game is because I want to see Kurt Warner's son. He's the quarterback at Temple, EJ. so I'm curious about this yeah. young man. Yeah. And on the other TV in my office right now, I actually had to bring this one in from the garage. I had to actually work on this today. Yeah, but EJ's not even the quarterback right now. Oh, he's not? Oh, I thought no. he was starting. Uh, there's someone else playing right now, number six. Oh, maybe, maybe he got hurt, but he was – I mean, Lewis Riddick had been promoting all week, you know, that the starting quarterback was going to be – Kurt Warner's son, because Lewis is doing the broadcast. Yeah, a uh, young man named Patterson, number 16, is in at quarterback at the moment. Wow, I wonder if the kid got hurt. Now, on my other TV, George, I'm streaming a game right now. Mm-hmm. My favorite oh, West team, Liberty. West Liberty, is in a 0-0 game right now against Fairmont State. You know, they're playing FSU, George. Oh, yeah. Not, not the FSU we think about. Not Florida State, not Fresno State, Fairmont State. Yeah. 0-0, two-minute warning. West Liberty's got the ball on the Fairmont 43-yard line. Mm-hmm. So if I seem distracted to you, it's because I'm watching my favorite football team you play You mean right more now. so than normal. Correct. That's what I mean. Gotcha. That's precisely what I mean. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. Yeah. And how are I'm, you, are, as far as your distraction with your back, you doing all right, pal? No, I'm doing okay. I'm in the office. Luckily, in the office, I also have a day bed. So I decided to detach the microphone and put on the headset. So I'm just laying down, you know, doing the show. Okay. It's actually easier because if I sit in a chair too long, that's when the back starts to get stiff again. So mm-hmm. since I got to get on a flight, even though it's only like an hour to San Francisco uh, tonight, which honestly, it's I, now that I realize what my back situation, I was going to try to take off tomorrow morning. It's way better to take off, I think, before uh, tonight. Taking a late flight tonight is actually the smart move with my back. I like that you're going up to see the Warriors and you're going to get a chance to jump into potentially their controversy and their dysfunction by visiting tomorrow 
you know, we'll see. We'll see if it all goes down, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm not – it's not guaranteed by any stretch of the imagination, but I was told – because I asked originally for Jordan Poole mm-hmm. um, since I'm doing the game tomorrow um, as a sideline reporter. I asked for Jordan Poole, and they said Jordan would not be available. But they then came back with, but we may be able to potentially get you Draymond for a few minutes after shoot-around. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's do that. All right, so so you're going to go into the Golden State Warriors and get a chance to experience some of their dysfunction and potentially meet with Draymond, whereas here in L.A., we've got our own Laker dysfunction, and it's sort of already playing out before the season even really tips off. Yeah, I, so I had a buddy of mine who, um, let's say he's a, a league person, right? Let's just call him that, right? Is he in the league? He's in the league. And uh, now I, I am not as pessimistic on the Lakers as he is. And hold on, what did he write me? I want to make sure I have this here real quick. Here it is from yesterday. It was last night. Um, here it is. Um, he says. We're all sitting on the edge of our seats. Sorry, by the way. sorry, sorry, sorry. That's no, all right. He, uh, yeah, he thinks that the, I said, I think the team can be like somewhere between like six and 10. You know, I said more than likely probably in the play-in area. Um, but, you know, I feel fairly I feel fairly confident uh, about that. And he thinks I'm being too optimistic. That this the Lakers... Per, this mystery person. Mm-hmm. This, this person who you're not going to tell us who this person this is. Mystery person. Can't tell you who it is. Okay. And this person thinks that you're being generous by saying the Lakers could be a play-in team? Yes. That's not... Uh, that's not... Although I did look at the schedule. And, you know, I don't usually like to play, you know, that's a win, that's a loss. Uh, but I looked at the Lakers' schedule, and I feel like there's a potential for them to be like 12-9 and nine through November, you know, through their first 21. You know, I, I, and actually, if that's the case, I kind of feel okay about them. Maybe I'm – and I said that to this mystery, mystery person yesterday. I said, I'm looking at this schedule. It's tougher – it's definitely tough in October, there's no doubt. But there's some soft spots in November. Um, I think in November, or maybe it's December, they play like the Spurs three times. The Spurs are, are clearly tanking for Wembanyama, so they're going to win all those games. So I do feel like there there's a decent chance that the Lakers could be okay. I have them 3-3 three and three in October, and I have them 12-9 and nine through November. I think that's okay. Like if that's I, if fine. I'm a, if I'm a Laker fan, I feel pretty good about that. If you have a, a plus on the win side – through the first, uh, you know, six weeks of the season, yeah. while you're trying to get it all together, I, I can live with that. The, the question really is this. What we saw last night out of Russell Westbrook, is it being framed one way on social media, or is what we saw really what happened? In other words, when Russ is not before the game, when, when the entire Laker team is still in sweats, and they're in a pregame huddle, and Russ is already out of sweats and not in that pregame huddle, mm-hmm. is that Russ being a temperamental pain in the ass? Or is he right when he says today, if you've followed my career, that's always been the way it, it has been. But even if that's the way it's been, dude, can't you just be part of the team? Um, no, everybody's got their little routines before games. Um and he, if that's true, and again, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think back for when I've done Russ games over the years, whether he was in OKC or Houston in his previous stops. I didn't do any Washington games. 
trying to think. I mean, he was always like one of the last people to come out to the scorer's table. You know how guys go to the scorer's table and just put like mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the rosin or the chalk on their hands, mm-hmm. you know? He's always, he historically has always been one of the last people to do that, but I've never noticed if he's not been part of the huddles. Um, so I can't answer to that. Okay, but- so that's, that's the first one. The second one is when Patrick Beverly is doing what guys in his position are supposed to do, right? Hey, everybody come together. Yo, guys, come on, come on. Everybody come out in here a second. Let's talk about this for a second. And Russ isn't going over, and then AD has to kind of go over to him and say something, and he still doesn't really get over. What should we all be making of this? Because I think most people jump to the instant conclusion, which is he's already at it again. He's already being a completely selfish, individual, non-team guy, and this is going to explode quickly. I mean, I think I that's what people think. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going there yet. Uh, I will be, I, you know, and I know that you want me to go there. Um, no, I'm just saying that's what I think people think. You understand? No, I mean, people, it's like, no, no, you're right that people think that. I'm just telling you what I think. What do you think? I'm not willing to go there just yet. I'm, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one, and I will have a better, I will kind of keep a closer eye on this. Um, although, you know, what's interesting. The mystery person told me yesterday. Tell me. Because I'm looking through my text now again. Okay. Mystery person said, um, when I said they're 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 probably at you know, I think they're a, a probably a playing team. And he wrote maybe. And then here's my reasoning behind that: the league has mostly gotten better. Plus, the teams that didn't make a ton of moves also have real synergy because of their consistency and longevity together. And the Lakers don't really have either of those things. To which mystery person who's in the league says, "That's a great point. They have neither a meaningful influx of talent or carryover." And I think that that's something – that's why this notion of 10 to 20 games is fascinating to me because you're really asking for these guys to gel. Um, and every team in the NBA, Cappy, kind of gives themselves about 10 to 20 to kind of get a feel for what they need to do. But the Lakers, because they don't have a ton of chemistry with this group outside of AD and LeBron, and I guess maybe Schroeder to some extent, although he hasn't been here in a minute um, – I'm curious to see how that unfolds, if that timeline holds to be true. And again, that's a timeline that not only I've heard, but obviously multiple insiders have talked about as well. I just wonder if Russ realizes, I mean, I I hope that he does, and I I would expect him to. Who's the Russ of our station in this scenario, the scenario that you're painting? Is it Ireland or Mason or Sliwa or Travis or you or me? Like, you know, is it Lindsay? Is it Laura? Is it Emily? Is it Funches? Is it uh, Bergman? Who is the who is the in this scenario of what we witnessed yesterday? Who's the most likely to pull a Russ at this mm, stage? Mm, good question. Hmm. I feel like we have um, a great team and a lot of people who are team people. But I would say that if I could pick one person that's probably out on an island by himself and doesn't think they have to be part of the team and kind of thinks that they can do whatever the hell they want to do, I'd have to pick Morales. Morales? Wow. Now, Laura, you said Michael? Michael Thompson. I love him, but, you know, he doesn't like going to remotes and he doesn't, you know. Yeah, he likes yeah. to do his own thing. Yeah, I didn't point. think about Michael. That's, that's a song. Morales is everywhere. He loves to press oh, no, the Morales flesh. Morales is very team-oriented. Yeah. I know. I just wanted to take a shot at him because, you know, he's been right. calling me a rat all week, you know. I mean, but he ain't wrong, so, you know. Well, I mean, the rats did you get to your, uh, you know, ser- uh, server yesterday. I Boy, think Laura, that Mason Laura is definitely... went off on me last night, too, by the way. She was going crazy on me on her uh, late night with Laura. No, I wasn't. Yeah, you were. 
How was that going off on you? You totally went off on me. Please explain because I mentioned you like once or twice saying you were in there. So. You said he did us dirty. Oh, you did. No, I disagree. I feel what like Mason is the making? Russell Westbrook, don't you think? He He's like, I'm just going to do what I want and whatever I want. Screw <laughs> you guys. Who? I don't know. Mason. Oh. Like, I'm taking off. If you don't like it, too bad. Hmm. Hmm. I feel like it's definitely Mason. George, who do you think? Oh, say, the Sedano side. I'm going to say Johnny I. And I would not have said this even a few months ago, but I feel like You're his. Right, uh, oh, that's a good one. I feel like his, uh, you know, his reluctance to, uh, you know, to coalesce during crosstalk, which is weird because he, when it was, uh, maybe it's you, Cappy, because when it was me back in the mm. purgatory days, um, you know, we used to have fun. And now I don't think he thinks it's fun, but maybe, maybe it is me who rubs him the wrong way in those scenarios with the two of us kind of being snide, uh, snarky jerks. <laughs> snide and snarky and jerks yeah so i think johnny i may be like the the i at the moment but michael is probably the best one laura i think you might have nailed it i had to check in on johnny i today as a matter of fact i was like yo man i hear clinton yates the big cy is in for you today did you completely blow out the voice last night during this laker po- or preseason game and, what he and, he, and he said that he had a planned day off for travel or something so clinton was mm-hmm. in regardless but I don't know, man. Did anybody get to hear John yesterday? Because he could barely talk on where the show. Where are the Lakers? Where are the Lakers tomorrow? Uh, I don't know. Are they in Sacramento or are they here? They're I'm pretty in sure remote. they're in Sacramento. Yeah, they're yeah. remote. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the, the Lakers road. don't usually wow. go on the road during the wow. Wow. Greg's wow. talking about. Wow. You guys barely. It's funny because the whole wow thing. So Greg and I pulled the clip. Um, he asked me to pull the clip, and he was like, "Dude, don't doesn't that sound like Sinan?" I'm like, "Hmm." And the more I heard it, I was like, "Oh yeah!" And now everybody's using it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I never wow. noticed it. Honestly. Me neither. Nobody I never knows. noticed yeah, it. Th- th- that's never the thing. It. Like Greg and I would hit it all the time hit since it. he, you know, and he was like, "Nobody's getting it." No, and all of a sudden today, everyone's like, "Wow." Well, they really went in on it today. I can yeah. tell you that. Wow. So the Lakers are playing on the road of the preseason. That's super rare. Yeah. But his voice did sound. It was tough yesterday for him. But he's taking so he took the day off. He had a planned road trip. That's that's interesting. To Sacramento, Sac the Lakers. The Lakers must have left during the show. Then that must have been the case because he goes on the team charter. He's in the league. Um, Wow. Because I was going to say a trip to Sacramento. It takes like an hour. That's true. I'll be in San Francisco Saturday, and it's going to be like a forty-five minute plane ride. What you doing in San Francisco? The boo and I are just going for the day. Aw, you and the boo oh, for a that. day? A little day uh, trip? Yeah. You guys should have come down to San Diego. You could have gone to the Dodgers Padres. I thought about that, but we actually planned the trip like three, four weeks ago. So I know. I planned a trip for this weekend, too. We're just going to go to Newport. And now I'm like, I'm canceling that. I'm sticking around. I want to go to the Padres and the Dodgers. Yeah, but, right. you know, that's fun. Facts, bro. Straight facts, homie. Uh, all right. Coming up next, Cappy, T-Raj, Travis Rogers. Make sure he gets on. Because I know we've had trouble connecting with him in the past. <laughs> Let's get Travis on. I want to talk Dodgers with him. I want to talk Rams with him. And uh, and who he thinks would pull a Westbrook at the station. Who's the most likely person? He could pick anybody in the lineup here. All right, we'll go with Travis. He'll join us next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yeah, yeah. Sedano and Cap with you here. Travis Rogers is going to join us in a second. Travis and Sliwa each and every morning at 10 a.m. So, Trav, obviously we'll talk Dodgers and Rams with you, but we just actually stumbled upon an interesting conversation with all the Westbrook stuff yesterday about not huddling or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Who at this station is most likely to pull a Westbrook yesterday? You can Ooh, name good question. Ta- talent, producer, you know, uh, fill-in host, it doesn't matter. Anybody at the station? You know, I'm going to go with somebody off of my show just because I think that he digs kind of not being on the inside of the circle. I'm going to go with our board off Taylor Smith. I think I think I think, I think Taylor would be a very good candidate to just kind of if we're all hanging around shooting the breeze, like he'd be over there doing his own thing, playing his banjo, playing his fiddle, do, doing whatever it is he likes to do. He'd be 100% comfortable not being part of the crew. Well, wow, see we you, you got to be a team guy. You know, that's, that's just what I want Russ to be. Russ, please, just be a team guy. At least when you know hey, the cameras are on, be a team guy. Here's my thing. This is what we, we talked about this on, on my show this morning. Like, I, in retrospect, I was probably not the world's best teammate as a, as a, as a college athlete. I was probably more selfish than I needed to be. But why not just go and do that thing where you stand on the outside, put one finger on the hand pile and go, one, two, three, yeah, team, whatever. I hate these guys. At least go through the motions of things. Like, why, why, why isolate yourself? Just be the bad teammate with your teammates. Why do you have to right, aggressively right. disrespect everybody? Right, just be phony. Just just be a phony bad teammate. You know? Exactly. Yeah, Pepe, exactly. you should teach them. Well, I mean, I, I think I'm like the ultimate team guy. You know, that's kind of my problem is I just Are think I'm, I'm such Are- a team guy. I mean, you know, I mean, we just went through, we just gave away your tequila because you weren't a team guy. No, that's because you guys <laughs> thought I wasn't a team guy, and you guys just can't take the fact that I've proven you wrong. But that's neither here nor there. Back to Travis Rogers. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Well, well, back to Travis Rogers. Good point. Let, let's get to Travis. Travis, it, yes. what, Do you know the story about Cappy Hay, his Hay King T-shirt or no? I do. Yes. No, no, you, no, 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 no. Do you know my part of the story, or do you know George, Laura, and Lindsay's part of the story? I know this. Okay, let me tell you the version I know, and you tell me where it's wrong. Okay. So I know that your children refer, refer to you as king. That when they need something, they call you and say, hey, king, right. X, Y, and Z. They want mm-hmm. something for you. Then you had, hey, king, shirts made, and that they originally thought that they were, hey, king, 710 shirts, and that they were as ultimately not. That's the version of the story that I know. Well, yeah, and, so. and here's my, my issue with it is not the selling of the T-shirts. It's the recycling of bits, basically. <laughs> yeah, and I have absolutely <laughs> no issue or shame about that. None. <laughs> yeah. No, no shame whatsoever. Well, yeah, no, I'm with you, Cap. 
if you can take a bit from one spot to another and make it work in two places, I'm on I'm on team cap on that well, one. Well, there's two totally different audiences. You know what I mean? It's not like George and Laura and Lindsay are like, ooh, we listen to the Cappy cast right, every on, day. But only one audience made it trend on Twitter and it wasn't that your other audience. <laughs> Another good point. That's a fair point. I have no issue with that. Yeah. I'm not I'm not fighting that one. Yeah. Uh Trav, with the with the Dodgers, where are you on the um uh, concern meter at 10 you're most concerned one you have absolutely no concern where are you on the meter at the moment i'll give it a four i i'm not terribly concerned i think that the potteries are pretty good i thought that they would win a game in this series that they got it last night wasn't a huge surprise um probably their best pitcher pitched last night even though he didn't pitch particularly well the dodgers played about as sloppy a game as you could they didn't hit with runners in scoring position a big error thought dave did some weird things with his with Austin Barnes and with Trinan. Um, Justin Turner never strikes out. He struck out. Gavin Lux never hits into double plays. He hit into a double play. A lot of weird stuff happened, and they still got the tying run up to the plate in the bottom of the ninth inning. I, I think everything has to kind of break San Diego for them to win that series. Not that it can't. It, it, it obviously can, but I, I'm not too worried. I, I think the Dodgers are a lot better than the Padres, and I think that they'll win the next couple. I, I think they'll probably win in four. You know, Bob Melvin, the manager of the Padres, said this is the last series of the year when the Dodgers beat the Padres again, two out of three. He said, I feel like we've actually closed the gap. And I kind of laughed at that comment and said, well, maybe you feel like you've closed the gap, but they keep winning two out of three, which is why they've won 14 of 19. But I feel like, Travis, when you give a team that you're better than a chance to stick around and then they build momentum and they start to build belief, that's when the the underdog can get dangerous. So I... I would say if if I'm a Dodgers fan, I'm more on that six on a concern level rather than just a four. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny, Cap. I, I was telling um, on our show that I thought that if the pods could come in and win game one, exactly what you just described, just kind of this house money deal, we're not supposed to be here, the Dodgers are supposed to kick our ass, that we don't have as good at blah, 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 but we, we were supposed to lose to Scherzer, we were supposed to lose to the Mets, and all these things that when you get rolling like that as a team, it's a pretty powerful vibe, but I think that the air went out of the balloon on that first night, and I think it's now a lot more of a traditional series than it is, and traditionally the Dodgers beat the Padres pretty. The Dodgers are just a better team, and I know that that doesn't guarantee that they're going to win the series, but when you look at even star to star, you know, pitcher to, they're just better. They just have better options when you get deeper into that team. Um, now, look, if, if it goes a different way tomorrow, if all of a sudden Tony Gonsolin's out of the game in the second inning and Dustin May's firing it to the backstop, then all bets are off. But they've been through this a lot. I'm, I'm just, I'm not worried yet. Yet. <laughs> Yeah, no, yet. Yeah, yeah yet for true. sure. Yeah. 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 With new information, he could, he could change his opinion, certainly. Uh, so, Travis, before we let you go, the Rams are 10-point favorites uh, against the yeah. Panthers. And, yeah. look, I, I, I'm at, like, uh, you know, if we're doing a worry meter with them, I'm, like, at a 6 with them, maybe even closer to a 7. If they lose this, I may be a full-blown 10 at mm-hmm. this point. Um, h- how do you feel about this, in theory, get-right game against the Panthers? I think it's their season, Sedano. I really do. I, I, I think that if they win and look good, I think they can tell themselves the lie that, hey, everything's all right. We're 3-3. Three and three. We got our bye coming. You know, we'll, we'll be okay. Um, if they look bad or lose, 
I think the jig is kind of up. They, they they have not played a, even a decent half of football yet. It's this is week six, man. This is not like we're off to a weird start. And the problem that they have, I know that we talk about this every week. It's an unfixable problem. If you've got three third-string linemen, and now they just brought a new guy in from the Ravens, who the Ravens let go, and the Ra- it's just it's it's not something that's going to get better between now and the end of the season, at least not noticeably so. Um, I don't care if Matthew Stafford improves a ton, and he's been mediocre to less than that. But they're just when you can't block, nothing works. You can't run, you can't pass, you can't you stay on the field too long defensively. Nothing is working for them right now. If they if they look like you know what on, on Sunday, I really do think at that point you're thinking, all right, what 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 do we do from here? Because there isn't a lot of optimism if you because Carolina sucks, right? right. Carolina's gonna be playing a third string quarterback. They just fired their coach. They really don't have a ton of playmakers on that team. If you can't beat that team, At who home. can you beat? Right. And and here's the yeah. thing. But here's the thing. We talk about must wins and, and what defines a must win. And this this game, losing it, wouldn't end the season, but it would end the season. If you don't win this game, You've got San Francisco. You're on the road at Tampa Bay. You got a division game against Arizona. You're looking at Kansas City in a few weeks. If they don't win this game, this season is over. Must win. Road games against Tampa, Kansas City, Green Bay, the Chargers. You're going to play the Raiders in an air quote home game. We know that the Raider fans are going to be there. And then you've got division games left. and, and, And on the road at New Orleans, it is a monster schedule in the back half. And your O line is bad. Your quarterback's playing something less than well. There's no. There's. I asked JB this uh, on the pregame show last week. I said, other than Cooper Cup, what works? And his answer was not much. Right? That there just there isn't much that to kind of say. Hey, this is working. We're getting a little bit better here. It's actually not getting better. It's getting worse week to week. And if they can't beat Carolina, it's 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 a wrap. Travis Rogers, Travis and Sliwa each and every morning at 10 a.m. right here. Trav, thanks for the time as always, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Sonano. Thanks, King. Aw. <laughs> Aw, you want one of those shirts, dude? <laughs> yeah, hook me up. What size you need? Uh, I'd, ra- I'd rather not say that out loud. All right. Because <laughs> <laughs> i got to go buy them, you know. It's not like I bought them and paid for them and they've got them sitting around. i got to go buy them on the website. Let's just say there's more than one X on that shirt that I need. Oh, How about all that? Right. All right. Is there more than one and less than three or, or what? <laughs> all right, yeah, Cappy, I think two will do it. He, he said he, he doesn't want to share that. I mean, the man just told you, right? Seriously. Well, I want to get him the right size. You're such a you, – you, you know, you do have a way to connect with him offline. You know that, oh, right? all right. Well. <laughs> you, you, do, you do have my number, you know, Cappy. You can yeah. just reach yeah. out. I'll text you, buddy. Yeah. yeah. All right, Trev. Right See you, man. Later, guys. Take care. Hey, Radio Tinder's coming up next, plus our, our guy Balake, Blake. Blake Harris, our Dodger insider at 545, a normal staple as well on Thursdays, all coming up next. Thanks, Christopher. Can, can we pause for one second? Go for it. That show really did have an incredible amount of stars, to Chris's point. Jamie Foxx, Jennifer Lopez, Jim Carrey. I mean, you go on and on and on. Uh, how many incredible, and obviously the Wayans family. But so many stars on that show in In Living Color. How is that one not still going, but SNL is? Um, I don't know. It's a great point. I feel like that was um, always the funnier show. It was definitely the funnier show. I just think the Wayans brothers probably got, you know, they, they kind of were executive producers of that. I'm guessing that at some point it just became too much of a task, I guess, and they yeah. wanted to concentrate on other stuff. I would say Lorne Michaels and his influence at NBC has kept that thing alive for, what is it now, 50 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I just feel like you've been hearing a lot of stuff, especially lately, since it's not been very good lately because it's kind of been blown up. Where like people are talking about like you know, recently like Bill Murray hated his former or his fellow castmates, and then this person hated that person. There's all this drama behind the scenes, and it's just like, man, oh man, how did this thing? How is this thing still on the air with all this drama going on behind the scenes this whole time? That's what people crazy. say about this show. We have no drama behind the scenes. Ours is all in the air. Oh, you know. Yeah. It's like we work it out. It's like therapy, you know? Yeah. All right, Lynch, take it away. Thanks, Sedano. All right, guys, so Marshawn Lynch will join Amazon Prime's talented Thursday night football broadcast team for the rest of the 2022 season as a special correspondent. The former Seattle star running back will be a part of Amazon Prime's pre- and post-game shows for TNF, uh, which started tonight, actually. Lynch's role with Amazon's studio show will center on short taped segments i don't know about you guys but i'm expecting plenty of comedic relief i guess and those kind of like funny elements that are going to add some spice to the tnf broadcast so do you guys think that marshawn lynch on the tnf broadcast will be a hit with viewers swipe left or swipe right said i know i'm gonna swipe right because as you pointed out it's gonna be short bursts and edited and pre-packaged and i think that you can get the best out of people in that scenario until they become more and more comfortable to then do stuff live. I think that's a great way to, to get somebody like active in regards to broadcasting. So I, I do think that Marshawn Lynch has shown the propensity to be interesting, um, and I'm curious to see it. So I do think it'll be a hit because I think they're going to do a good job of kind of packaging it together. I'm also swiping right. I love Marshawn Lynch. Beast Mode is like one of my favorite people ever. I just love the way he would call himself Beast Mode. I like the way he would like not want to talk to people at press conferences. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Shout out to Cranbrook. Shout out to Westbrook. Shout out to my friend Brooke. I would love when Marshawn would just sit there and like not answer any questions and just throw out shout outs. I freaking love Marshawn Lynch, and I hope he's a huge star. I loved him in the Skittles commercials. <laughs> yeah. Those were always quite funny. But yeah, I, I think it'll be funny. I haven't seen what he's done yet today because obviously we've been working, but... I'm Have you guys gonna... seen these uh, these uniforms the Bears are wearing? No, I I can't I don't, I can't get the game on in here because I'm working. I don't and, know, man. You know, these Bears uniforms the are they look great. I mean, this is a really terrible game at least going into it. Bears uniforms, you like them, George? You seeing these? Yeah, it's the uh, orange thing. Yeah, the whole all orange with the orange helmet. Oh, they, they look, look like dope. pumpkins. I'm gonna have to look this up on Twitter now. Yeah, they look dope AF. Yeah, dope AF. Dope AF. Thanks, Cappy. All right, so this morning. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to save that one for last in case that conversation goes a little longer. Okay. So an art expert in France has been fired after valuing a Chinese vase 4,000 times less than its actual sale price. The vase belonged to a woman who sold it after clearing out her mother's belongings. She took it to an auction where an expert who analyzed the piece believed that the vase was merely, you know, like your run-of-the-mill 20th century decoration and decided it wouldn't be worth more than $1,900. Well, it then sold at an auction for nearly $8 million. Oh, my God. It is not yet clear what drove the buyer to pay so much for the vase or what makes it so special, but apparently there are a lot of people from overseas that were involved in the bidding of said vase. Have you guys ever benefited or lost out on an incorrectly priced item or a deal that you weren't supposed to get? Swipe left or swipe right. Cappy, you go first. I'm going to swipe left. There is not one thing that comes to mind where I'm like, ooh, I really got over on everybody on that one. Or on the other hand, how the hell did I get rid of that thing for so little? But I will tell you this. I did have a car uh, a couple years ago that I, I had this old Mercedes station wagon. And it was one of those like Swiss Army knife vehicles. And I sold it to a guy 
And gosh, I wish I still had that car. My kids all told me it's the ugliest car, Dad. It's gross. And I'm like, yeah, but it's kind of cool because it can do everything. And I station wagon. I still, though. Yeah, I didn't like know a, they. I didn't know yeah. they still made those. Yeah, the the old uh, like E320 station wagon. And I'm telling you, this thing was a Swiss Army knife. It could do anything. I wish I still had it. The guy got uh, over it, on me. It happened to me once with a really nice bottle of wine. It uh, had the wrong price on it, and I was like, okay, I'm taking this one. Went to the register. They, the, you know, the person at the register had no idea what the wine cost, and I got it for a lot less. So there you go. Happened That's the to only me, time it's happened. It's only happened to me once that I can think of uh, when I was booking a flight, and it happened to be one of those, like, situations where I was in the right place at the right time, and there was, like, a computer glitch, and I got a flight for 19 cents. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But That's that, cool. other than that, you know, that was pretty cool. But, you know, at the time I was like, wow, this is a big deal. But, you know, nothing no, nothing like that ever happens to me nowadays. All right. So last one here. This morning, ESPN.com published a lengthy and detailed article about Washington Commanders owner Daniel Snyder. Hold on. Stop. Since you mentioned Washington Commanders, uh, Justin Fields just threw an interception off a dude's helmet. Oh, poor guy. I like Justin Fields. That's going to be on Why? the internet all over the place. Oh, because he's an Ohio State guy. Yeah. And plus, I feel like he, you know, he got a raw deal, you know. Anyway, well, the team stinks. That's yeah, for I know, sure. I know they definitely. He ain't do. very good either. Whatever, Cappy. So this report, which claims to have over thirty sources, says that Snyder has hired private investigators to look into other owners and NFL commissioner Roger Goodell. Snyder reportedly told associates that he's gathered enough info on them to quote blow up the league. Do you guys think that this dirt that Snyder reportedly speaks of will ever be made public? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano. I'm going to swipe left uh, because I don't think I, – I, I find it hard to believe that um, he's going to be – I still don't believe he's going to be ousted. Now, do I believe he should be? Yes. Those are two different scenarios. But I, I don't believe the NFL will, will Donald Sterling him. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. And in that regard, but if they do, then I, I, I reserve the right to change my opinion because I think he will go um, full scorched earth on everybody. I almost thought Cappy was going to do that with us, uh, you know, with this whole T-shirt. Oh, I feel like he was getting there. You were on the edge, weren't you, Cap? Full scorched earth. How, what does full scorched earth look like? I mean, I haven't hired private investigators to look at you guys. No, but I feel like you were just gonna you were gonna start you were gonna give away all the family secrets and stuff. Yeah, and like know? we're exposing some of our, our text comments, text thread comments, you know, that are. We're talking about George read our entire text messages on the air. He read the entire yeah, but thing. That, w- that there was nothing in there that was like. Yeah, there's something. Yeah. I don't think we have anything. Not that's that we really ever do anything juicy. harmful yeah. on our text messages, but it could be there's there's some funny stuff in there. There's things that we use say in private amongst each other that you wouldn't say on the air. You know. All I know is this that right. I read this whole. I mean, expose. particularly when we're making fun of Mason in Ireland. Oh, that oh, part. Oh, yeah. sorry, I yeah. said oh, that out loud. Right, right, that part. <laughs> I will say this: I read this article this morning about Daniel Snyder, and I thought to myself. My God, he knows how hated he is amongst his peers that in an effort to cover his own ass, he's going after these guys and he's pretty much to right. He's pretty much daring them. Hey, you guys want a piece of me? Then I'm going to get you, Jerry Jones, or I'm going to get you, Robert Kraft, or I'm definitely coming after you, Roger Goodell. So when you ask the question, do I think that this stuff will come out? Probably not. But God, I hope so. Wouldn't it be juicy? You love Salacious. It. Sensationalism. Total. That's Total. why. That's, Disguised as journalism. Yeah. Well, similarly to like the John Gruden situation, that was part of a whole investigation. You know what I mean? Like that stuff came out as part of this investigation. So I feel like the whole Gruden thing, that's going to be 
settled and whatever, and he's going to get his money because there's a lot of stuff that people are saying back and forth that nobody wants made public. And then the whole Jerry Jones thing. Apparently, he like ticked off Jerry, and it's all like that's a big thing, right? Jerry kind of runs runs things next to. I mean, Jerry's like Roger Goodell's boss. Yeah, it's crazy. God, I hope that happens. I don't think it will. I saw that he's he's like the third or fourth richest NFL owner. Snyder. Yeah, which means he's such a he's such a weird little guy too. He's such a bizarre human being. And he's owned the team for a long time. Like he's been really ultra wealthy for a long time. Yeah, yeah, since he's like in his like late thirties, mid to late thirties. Yeah. So, uh, all right, that is Radio Tinder each and every day at five thirty. Coming up next, more Dodger talk. Balake, our guy Blake Harris, our Dodger insider, he's going to join us next. But first, let me tell you guys about our friends who sponsor Radio Tinder. You know it. Cappy's been banned for the next batch. Sorry, Cappy. Not really. It's Radio Tinder presented by our friends at Tequila Mandala. George, you know I'm watching my favorite football team right now? The other team was going in for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Are they winning? Fumbled. Our guys picked it up, returned it all the way back to, like, the 10-yard line the opposite direction, like 90-yard return. Yeah. And hopefully we're going to go in here for a score. So if I'm distracted, you know why. More distracted than normal. Yeah, I hear you. So – do you like, real quick, before I get to Blake, do you like these in-game coaches interviews with the NFL like they do in the NBA? Yeah, I don't mind them. Um, you know, as someone who did this for a long time and who would talk to the coaches before the game, hey, coach, I'm going to get you going in. Hey, coach, I'm going to get you coming out. When a coach would stiff you, that would really suck, you know? So I guess Amazon's paying so much money that the coaches are not given much of a choice, you know what I mean? Oh, no, that's, yeah, that's how it works. That's how it, what happened in the NBA. But I kind of like it. I, I yeah. guess it's okay. I mean, I yeah. can't hear what, what, what is being said because, of course, I've got my volume down. But Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you think? You like it? I do. I, I Look, I think anything that's considered access is good. I don't think there's any question about it. I love how Major League Baseball and Sunday Night Baseball, uh, you, you know, during the season, mic'd up guys in, like, the field. I think yeah. that's fantastic. I think yeah. that's incredible. I know. I love when they're talking to somebody in the middle of a game. Mookie Betts yeah. is being interviewed while he's out in right field. It's right. so cool. It's awesome. Uh, Blake Harris is kind enough to let us interview him every Thursday at 545, and he joins us here now. Follow his uh, work on Twitter, at BlakeHarrisTBLA. Subscribe to his Substack. The kid's doing incredible work there when it comes to Dodger baseball. And, of course, the podcast, Inside the Ravine. So where are you on the worry meter? Ten being your most worried, one being your least worried right now. I think we're going to put it at about a six as of right now. Six. I know that the Padres are a really good team, and this was to be expected. I figured it was going to be a really hard-fought series, but the Dodgers' offense the last two games, after the third inning, they have not scored a single run. If that trend continues, and if we see this Dodgers offense that can't hit with runners in the position, there's a chance that the uh, Dodgers might not even come back to uh, Los Angeles for a game five at this rate, guys. Wow. I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say that, Blake, only for this reason. Look, I, I fully expect now that this thing's going to go five games because we've not seen the Padres win two out of three against the Dodgers, and we've certainly not seen the Padres beat the Dodgers three games in a row. But I will just say this. You give a team that you're better than um, a chance to believe in themselves, and I think that's what happened last night. I, I think the Padres woke up last night and said, you know what, we can actually go toe-to-toe with these guys. 
Yeah, I mean, game one was a moral victory for the Padres because they hung around. They were facing the Dodgers' ace, and they were using their number four starter, and they nearly won, and that was a huge game for the Padres. And by winning last night against Clayton Kershaw, it showed that the Padres, they can do this, and now all of a sudden, you just got to win two out of three with two of those games at home. So the Padres, they have all the momentum, and I I agree, Scott. I know we were kind of talking about how if the Dodgers would have won last night, that probably would have been the series because that just seems like that would have been a dagger. That would have been too much for the Padres to overcome. But if you're the Padres, you're thinking, man, we we played pretty well in game one, lost that, played really well in game two, and we took care of business. Uh, We can do this. So they've got to have all the confidence in the world. And if you're the Dodgers, you're thinking, oh, boy, uh, what just happened? Because now this is a three-game series that your season falls down to after being one of the greatest teams in baseball history. Well, I will say this, uh, and I would like to hear your opinion of this. I actually think right now, from a starting pitching perspective, the Padres might have the advantage. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can make that case because now the Padres are guaranteed to have Joe Musgrove pitch, who you know, obviously show that he's one of the better pitchers in all of baseball with his last start. Brian Kenny would disagree with that at MLB Network. Right. But the Dodgers have uh, Tony Gonsolin pitching tomorrow, who apparently now is both up to 75 pitches, but this isn't necessarily the guy that was a Cyan candidate for the first few months of the season. You know, he did miss about two months of the year, came back. I think we only got one start out of him at the end of the season. So Tony Gonsolin's kind of a wild card at this point, and then you have Tyler Anderson, who, again, had a really solid season, was an all-star, will receive Cy Young votes, but how is he going to look in October? I think this is going to be his first career postseason start, whereas, again, you have Blake Snell, who has World Series experience, so the Dodgers are still in a very good position in regards to their starting pitching, but, yeah, I don't think it's outlandish at all to even say that through the next two games, at least, in San Diego, the Padres have the edge when it comes to starting pitching. All right, Blake Harris, our, our Dodger insider here on Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. Blake, did you see today that the Dodgers already released what they're planning on doing in terms of starting lineup tomorrow night? Yeah, I did, and I thought that was interesting because, you know, it took the Dodgers like a week until they announced even who their game one starter would be. So they pretty much announced what their starting lineup's going to be tomorrow, and nothing really too surprising. I thought, you know, maybe this would be a game Joey Gallo gets in there with the chance that he can hit a home run. But Chris Taylor is going to appear in this first game. Apparently, he's uh, active and ready to go, considering he wasn't used last night in the biggest moment of the game. So, overall, I think the Dodgers have a pretty solid lineup tomorrow. Uh, definitely need to give Cody Bellinger some time off. He hasn't looked good this series. But I think it's a really a really good lineup for the Dodgers to use uh, ahead of Game 3. See, that's exactly what I was going to ask you about, is Cody Bellinger. You know, he made one of the most spectacular defensive plays in the game last night. I mean, it was, it was right after Gratterall made that incredible play, coming off the pitcher's mound, barehanding a ball, getting it home, and tagging Will, Will Myers out at home. And then Bellinger makes this incredible play out in center field. I wonder why Dave decided to move Trace Thompson there rather than just keeping Bellinger in because of how strong he is defensively. I mean, I can understand taking the bat out of his hand, but I'm kind of surprised because it's not like Trace is hitting right now either. Yeah, this is the part where analytics uh, get into the equation where Trace Thompson, before he was acquired by the Dodgers, was a left-handed killer. 
But ironically, with the Dodgers, he did much better against righties than lefties. But Cody Bellinger obviously isn't that great against left-handed pitching. But I'm of the belief that in the postseason, I throw all matchups out out the window. I don't care what your splits are. I want my best players out there. Like you mentioned, Cody Bellinger, the reason he even has a spot on this Dodgers postseason roster is the fact that he's a gold glove center fielder. And you saw it last night. If the Dodgers win that game, Cody Bellinger likely has, you know, the game-saving play in center field that's getting talked about more. So I, I did find it a bit interesting that they're opting to go with Cody Bellinger when also Trace Thompson has been so bad this series. So uh, obviously the Dodgers believe in that matchup more. But, yeah, I'm personally not a fan of getting too key with these splits. Give me the best defense out there, and I'll, I'll worry about the guys at the plate later. All right, Blake Harris, our Dodger insider here on Sedano and Cap on 710 ESPN. What was the most surprising thing that happened last night from your perspective because there were a lot of crazy plays that happened in that game some of which the stats will tell us about and some of which the stats will not but for you what was kind of the strangest thing that happened last night Uh, I think the strangest but also the least surprising is the fact that the Dodgers just failed with Anderson's scoring position I think a week or two ago when I was on your guys' show we were talking about what my biggest worry is for the Dodgers in October. And I said, it's just going to be if they're able to hit with runners in scoring position, if their offense is going to be able to score runs. I mean, they had a number of chances last night. I think they were something like 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. They left 10 on base. And they set some, like, insane record that I saw, like that ESPN stats posted, that they were, like, the first team to ever have 15 base runners in a game, have all nine starters, like, reach base and record a hit. And the three runs that they scored was the fewest. So, the fact that the Dodgers just, you know, have one of the best lineups we've seen in recent memory, and when a runner was on third or second base, it's like they turned into the uh, Pasadena City College Lancers out there. It was just <laughs> not pleasant. It, it wasn't wasn't a great outing. And, again, the, the fact of the last two games, they have not scored a single run after the third inning, I, I think is a major concern for me. And, I, like I said, if the Dodgers' bats do not wake up soon, I don't think the series comes back on to Los Angeles. Wow. Uh, I, to me, to see Mookie Betts get thrown out stealing, knowing that the Padres don't get anybody thrown out stealing, that was one. I think Trey Turner, the error, and then the very sort of, uh, I guess I'd call it lackadaisical, underhanded throw to second, and I'll give Trent Grisham credit because he was hustling. But these sorts of plays, and then George and I were talking about this earlier, when Max Muncy chased Darvish, he hit that bomb out to right field. I thought Soto was going to be able to catch the ball, but he acted like he was going to catch it, and it kept the base runners on the bases. And I didn't even think about that until Dave Roberts talked about it after the game. So a lot of strange things happened on both sides of that game last night. Yeah, I mean, that that's the beauty, and it's also the horror of baseball, that at any given moment, that single play can you know determine the outcome of the game. Like you mentioned with Max Muncy, now that that was a genius play on Juan Soto's part. He made it look like he was going to catch it, but there is zero reason for Max Muncy to not be on second base. Now, obviously, him being on first base, being on first base resulted in an inning-ending double play that cost the Dodgers. Trey Turner's error; it was a routine play that cost the Dodgers a run. So, yeah, although the offense, you know, they missed a number of opportunities, there were also plenty of other plays throughout the game that the Dodgers really just, you know, shot themselves in the foot. And just didn't play a clean game of baseball. Now, in April or May, when you're playing a game like this, this is going to happen, and you'll probably wipe it off. But in the playoffs, especially you know, in a five-game series, you just can't have these mental mistakes because we've seen it in so many games over the years in the postseason. One just slight mistake, 
it really can come back to bite you. And it honestly, not only can cost you a game, can potentially cost you the series because if the Dodgers play, you know, a solid game of baseball last night, they're up 2-0 in the series. And we're probably talking about which day are the Dodgers going to uh, send the Padres home for the season. But now it's, again, it's all down to a three game series at this point. Blake, one last question for you. Um, let's say the worst case scenario does happen in this situation. Then what? That is a fantastic question, George. And I can't even imagine. Um, I'm not sure because we've seen the Dodgers, you know, have early exits in the postseason in years past, but we have not seen a team with 111 victories, you know, get bounced in the NLDS by a division opponent that you've essentially dominated for the last couple of seasons. So, yeah, I, you know, obviously there's plenty of plenty of games to go. The Dodgers can end up winning the next two games, and we look back and think, wow, we were overreacting. But if the Dodgers were to somehow, some way, lose this series to the Padres. I think it's going to go down as the biggest failure of a season in Major League Baseball history. Wow. Blake Harris, follow him on Twitter, Blake Harris TBLA. Subscribe to the Substack. Make sure you listen and subscribe to the podcast as well, Inside the Ravine. All right, pal. Uh, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. Sounds good, guys. Hopefully next week we're talking about some uh, Dodgers victories and not about what we're going to be doing for the offseason. <laughs> yeah, All right, I agree. I agree. All right, pal. Thank you again. All right, that's Blake Harris. All right, coming up next. I want to get back to this Lakers thing yeah. with Russell Westbrook because I don't even think it's just a Russell Westbrook thing. I think it's more than that, Cappy, that we need to be keeping an eye out for, okay? So we'll do that plus what you need to know.